Well, good morning to one and all, and thank you for joining us here on Siloam Word of Truth, Brackpan. We are blessed to be a blessing to you this morning. And in this word portion of our service, we want to tell you that we are a house of empowerment. And how we empower you and empower ourselves is through the word of God. So please engage with us. Please like us, follow us. Also share this broadcast, this message of hope with many of your friends, your family, your colleagues, because we believe that this word, our word portion here at Siloam Word of Truth in Brackpan is truly to empower one another. So we're going to jump into the word of the Lord this morning, and I want you to turn with me to two places in the scripture. We're first going to go to Acts, the first chapter, and then we're going to go to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. We're going to read verse 10 and then 14 to 17 as well. And I want to continue on with the sermon I ministered a few weeks ago called Keep the Fire. But this time I want to add to Keep the Fire and say to you this morning, Siloam, to our friends, to everybody watching us this morning, not just to keep the fire, but to keep your testimony, to keep the testimony of faith that God has given you. So our scriptural reference, as we said, comes out of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. I'm reading from the New King James Version, and this is what Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Then if we jump over to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, verse 10 says this. This is Paul writing, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. This is Paul writing to the church at Galatia, and he's saying, Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Then I'll jump over to verse 14. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me also died. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. From now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things. For I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. And again, I'm going to tell you that the title, the theme for this sermon this morning is simply, Keep the Fire, Keep Your Testimony. And by way of introduction, allow me to say the following. In our home and our family, we've started a tradition a few years ago that when, it's our celebrate, when we celebrate our birthdays, the following question is asked of the person celebrating the birthday. Now that you are a year older, now that you are a year wiser, what is the one thing that you know for sure? 
what is the one thing that you know for sure? Because you must be a year older now. You should be a year wiser. The question allows you to reflect on your year of life. It allows you to reflect on where you've been and what you've been through and what you've seen and what you have experienced. But I want to turn the question to all of us this morning because that same question has an important relevance even on day 73 of our national state of disaster lockdown. We've stepped down from level four to level three now. So now on day 73 of this national lockdown, allow me to ask you this question. What is the one thing that you know for sure about God in this season of time? What is the one thing that you have experienced about God over the last 73 days of being in isolation, over the last 73 days of not being able to gather with the church, together in fellowship, together with those that you used to spend your spiritual formation with? What is the one thing that you know for sure, the one revelation about your God that you can throw your hands up to and say, I know for sure that this is where God has brought me to and this is what I have experienced and this is my revelation. Some answers would be connected to relationships to our family, to our work, to our health and our wellness, our mental and emotional well-being as individuals and as a church. If you ask me the question this morning, I'm going to answer in a spiritual tone. I'm going to answer in a spiritual affirmation. I'm going to answer and tell you this, the one thing that I have learned for sure, the one thing that I have known for sure over these past 73 days of lockdown, the one thing that I, has been revealed to me that is a surety and a persuasion in my spirit is this. I have to keep my testimony. I have to keep to the testimony of faith that God has placed in my life. Some of you will say, but pastor, why just my testimony? Why just about what I believe and what I say? I'm going to tell you this this morning, family. The lockdown has called into question the testimony of many a believer. A few weeks ago, I spoke about being isolated and keeping the fire going in your walk with God. The glory of God, the presence of God, the fullness of God to be seen in your life. And I am convinced that the lockdown has called into question the testimony of many believers. I ask of you this question. Do you love what you confess? Do you love what you believe? In this last 73 days of life when everything has been turned upside down, when life is no longer the same, where we have heard, we have heard testimonies or, or, or people coming back to us saying, Pastor, I'm on short pay. Pastor, I'm losing my job. Pastor, my family is unwell. Pastor, I don't know where I'm going to go tomorrow if I will be able to live the life that I'm used to living. In the last 73 days, are you still living what you have believed before lockdown, before the pandemic? Are you still living what you are confessing? How are you upholding your testimony? How are you upholding the testimony of faith in your life? How are you upholding the testimony that God has called you to? 
Bishop D.A. Lazarus said a, 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 a thing to us as pastors when we met the one week to pray together. He said to us, the enemy will always oppose God-directed change and transformation. The enemy will always oppose God-directed change and transformation. Now, some of you might, might question, why am I using this specific quotation this morning? Because in everything that we've been through, yes, it's been a lockdown. Yes, it's been a pandemic. A pandemic. Yes, there's been a, a turmoil and trouble and tribulation put upon each and every nation on the face of this continent on the face of this globe everybody as dr chan said everybody is in the same storm but in different boats but i know i know i know because bishop spoke on change and bishop told us that we were preparing for things that we never knew would happen therefore i'm saying this to you when god directs change and transformation the enemy will oppose it the enemy will bring a, a faltering and failing upon god's people he wants us to be distracted he wants us to not focus on the faith that we have to 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 bring into question the confession of our faith to bring into question the things that we have been teaching and believing and confessing and professing on a daily basis i need to make this disclaimer and i want to make it very clear to you this morning what I'm about to say is not in support of any conspiracy theory, nor am I offering up a new theory. Most importantly, I want to say COVID-19 is not God's judgment on the church, but it is God's refining of the church. It's not God's judgment on the church. It is God's refining of the church. And in that refining is the refining of our testimony. Because now we have to stand, now we have to believe by ourselves, now there is nobody to come and tell us something that was going to make us happy, something that's going to bring us into a place of emotional happiness and well-being. There's no coming together now. Adrian's got to stand by himself. You've got to stand by himself. You have to believe what you confess. You have to believe what we profess. You have to believe the word of faith that is spoken. It is one thing to say that I walk by faith and not by sight, and then a different thing to live in a different manner. It is one thing to quote scripture and not stand on the importance and the power of that scripture. It is time to keep your testimony, time to keep it, time to uphold it, time for people to know that when you testify, you're testifying about the goodness of God, you're testifying about the greatness of God, you're testifying about the grace of God. It is God's aligning of the church to repent, to be repositioned, to refocus, to revive, to restore, and to rejoice. God is busy bringing us back to him. God is busy repositioning us to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. He's refocusing our worship and our, our, our exhortations in terms of the word of God. Bishop Brady the other day spoke so powerfully and said to us, we used to have word in times of season when there was plenty of word for people to live by and to give to them. But is God giving? 
giving us a word now that we are meeting in the cloud, now that we are meeting in your home? Is God speaking to you directly? Is God speaking to you and giving you a sense of hope in your own devotion, in your own time of prayer? Are you upholding your testimony? God is reviving, God is restoring, and God will bring us to a place of rejoicing. We are called to uphold our testimony and the righteousness of God. Because above all, brothers and sisters, yes, you uphold your testimony, but you are testifying about the righteousness of God. Is the world seeing the righteousness of God in your life? Do they hear the righteousness of God coming from your lips? No personal or corporate trial or tribulation has shone the light more on our testimony and the righteousness of God than this pandemic. So the takeaways from the sermon this morning, your testimony is the showcase of God's, God the Father's sovereignty in your life. Your testimony is the witness of your faith in the finished work of Christ in your life. Your testimony is the revelation of your new life in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. What is your testimony? Paul writes Acts 1 and verse 8. He says that when Jesus was standing on the mount with his disciples, he says to them, on the day of Pentecost, power will come and then you will be my witnesses. So there will be an inward transformation of what I need you to speak about outwardly. What I need you to live out outwardly. A week ago we celebrated Pentecost. Now we must be witnesses. Because what happened in Peter's life, the moment the Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind and the tongues of fire settled on the disciples in the upper room, Peter had the boldness to speak the gospel of Jesus Christ. And on one day, 3,000 came to know who Jesus was. What is your testimony? Have you received power through the infilling of the Spirit? And are you a witness? Our testimony is about what we know to be the truth, not what we think or what we have heard. It is all about what we know, what we have experienced. That's exactly what God expects from each of his followers. To simply share what we know. To testify to others of what God has done in our lives. We only have to be willing to share the story of what God did in our life. During this time or his time on earth, that's exactly what happened. Jesus would work in someone's life and they would simply share that story with others. When Jesus healed the blind man, in John 9 and 24, he was told to go and present himself. When Jesus forgave the Samaritan woman in John 4 and 29, she went and testified. The disciples were simply ordinary men who told the people the extraordinary story of Jesus working in their lives. That was what Jesus wanted and what he wants us to do, according to John 15 and 27. Our testimony is simply put and found in Acts chapter 2, 16 to 18. Now what you see, Peter says, 
What, what now what you see is what was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Our testimony is this. At some point in our lives, we were transformed. At some point in our lives, we were changed. At some point in our lives, heaven saw it fit to invade our very existence and to call us and to lift us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And now we are filled with the power to be witnesses, to show the world that what he did for me he can do for you. What he did in transforming, changing, in giving me an identity, he will do for you as well. Why do we keep our testimony? Because he keeps to his word. There's a new song that I love from the Maverick Music Choir. They say this, they sing the song said, he's a man of his word. He keeps to his word. He keeps to his promises. His promises are yea and amen. And you and I have to throw our hands up and we have to say, let it be. He keeps to his word. Why do we keep our testimony? He's faithful to his people. He's yesterday, today, and forever the same. He will be faithful to you. You, you are his son and you are his daughter. Why do we keep to our testimony? Because he is a way maker. He makes a way in places we never thought there could be a way. He brings us out of situations we never thought we would be able to escape. He's a way maker. How do we keep our testimony? I told you about three weeks ago, you have to keep the fire. You have to keep the faith and you have to keep the covenant. That is how we keep our testimony. Keep the fire of heaven burning in your life. Keep the faith. Don't falter. Don't fail. Don't waver. Stay committed. Stay dedicated. Stay in God. Do as God has called you to do. And then keep the covenant. Keep to the covenant. Because he says to David, David, if you keep to the covenant, I will make your home, I will make your throne, I will make your name, I will make your family great. If you keep to the covenant, God will make you great. But how do we grow in our testimony? I take you back to Galatians 6 from verse 10. We grow in our testimony, Paul writes, when we do good. When we take every opportunity to do good by those that need it the most. In this time of pandemic, in this time of lockdown, when people are losing their livelihoods, are we doing good to them that need it the most? You do good and you grow your testimony. How do we grow our testimony? If you go to Galatians 6 and 14, this is what Paul writes and he says, you keep your focus on the cross. You keep your focus on the cross. It is, it is about what Jesus did, not us. There's a personal benefit when you keep your focus 
on the cross. How do we do good? We understand that we realize we are not the same anymore. We are not the same. We are not the same. This is how we grow our testimony. According to Galatians 6, 15 and 16, uh, uh, Paul writes and he says, that, listen, we are now new creations. We are made new. Every day we are walking in the fullness of newness of life. We are new creatures. We have a new revelation of who we are. We realize we are no longer the same. How do we grow our testimony? We must be willing to suffer. We must be willing to heal ourselves, to surrender ourselves. Galatians 6 and 17, Paul writes and he says, From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus the Christ. There is a cost to living for the Christ. And I want to say this to you. This season of time has called us to pay the cost. This season of time has called us to relinquish ourselves to the fullness of God's plan, to His will, to His design and His desire. We are to do good. We are to keep our focus on the cross. We are to realize we are no longer the same. We must be willing to suffer. We must be willing to give it all up because we bear upon our spirits and our bodies the marks of our Lord Jesus, the Christ. So in conclusion, the world needs Christians who will not be afraid to live their faith. They will not be afraid to share their testimony. The Lord commanded us to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. We will not be able to do that unless we realize the importance and the power of our individual and corporate testimony. Siloam, we have to testify in our individual levels and in our corporate levels. This church must testify that in the darkest moments of life, we stood firm. We kept the fire, we kept the faith, and we kept the covenant. We kept to our testimony that He is truly the Lord Most High over all of us here at Siloam. That He rules and He reigns in our lives. That we are a house of faith and we will teach faith and we will believe faith. We will walk by faith and we will manifest all that faith will bring into our lives. This message is a challenge for each of us who are believers to realize the impact that we can have for the cause of Christ through a powerful testimony. Recommit your lives to him today. Determine to stand for him regardless of the cost for his glory and for his honor. And as you decide today to keep your testimony, as you decide today to testify about who God is in your life, about who God has been to you, I ask you again this question like I asked at the beginning. What is the one thing about your God that you know for sure after 73 days of crisis, after 73 days of living in isolation from others, having to live in a, a, a corporate level of anxiety, stress, fear, and worry. What is the one thing that God has shown you about himself? And my final question to you is this. Are you ready to testify?
to keep to your testimony that through it all, he has been good.